It is my pleasure to introduce to you Todd Chapman. Um, I have known his father for a long time when he was involved in uh, home missions work. And when he spoke to Adrian for the first time, his voice sounded so much like his dad's. Uh, it was incredible. However, um, he has ministered faithfully across the province of British Columbia. I have been reminded that the credentials committee that accepts pastors as they first come into the fellowship, uh, he came and was credentialed, and I was on that committee. I had forgotten that totally, but I must have liked him because I don't remember voting against him, or for him, or anything. <laughs> anyway, uh, we are so thankful for his ministry. He is part of the uh, FebPAC Feb Life Church Life Cycles uh, Ministry Group. He, along with Bruce Chapman, uh, Bruce Chapman Christensen, uh, do ministry in our churches. He is particularly involved in working with our, our home planting, our home church planting um, ministry, and also ethnic ministry. We're looking forward to him coming and ministering to us. Bruce, um, I will get this mouth working at some point. Uh, come on up, please, if you would, Tom, and Thanks, uh, minister to us in the Word. I appreciate that very much. I'm going to get rid of this first. So if anything goes on this morning, you can either blame Glenn because he credentialed, helped credential me, and I wouldn't be here if he didn't. <clears throat> oh, no, no, there's no blame, right? It's, it's all good. You know what? It's great to be here with you. At least it is for me. Uh, you can decide that as you go throughout the morning and after that uh, time. But as Glenn mentioned, uh, I do have the privilege uh, today... Uh, to be a part of, it's more than today, uh, what we call the church life cycles, which is church health. And many of you have met Bruce Christensen uh, and, and actually David Harita as well. I work on a team with them and a, and a gal named Lara McAllister. <clears throat> and we, we essentially, <clears throat> excuse me, um, help our churches walk through whatever things they need to walk through uh, in the health. And so we've talked a lot with Wes and uh, we've talked a lot with Kyle uh, previous. So there's a number of people that we interact with all the time. And, uh, and it's, it's been absolutely a joy uh, for that. Um, and, and I would say even more of a joy for me this morning is, is I get to come and say thank you to you. And so even before we open the Word of God and, and, and rub shoulders with God in that way, I want to say thank you to your church. I want to say thank you for loving Jesus, first of all, and uh, letting him lead you. <clears throat> I want to say thank you for, for loving your leaders. Uh, leaders aren't always easy to love. I, you know, I, this may be recorded, and Wes can have this later, and he can have a conversation with me. No, but um, for loving each other and what that looks like. And you know what that looks like. And you know how easy and how hard it is. I've been a pastor for about 17 years uh, previous to the job I'm doing now, so I, I get that. I understand that. And, uh, but I also I want to say thank you for loving your community. And... Um, being who the church is and who God has called you to be. And so this morning, basically, that, we're going we're to encourage you. God wants to encourage us to continue to, to go on that route, to continue to be that. And so this morning, I, just, I do want to say thank you. And, and as we do that, we need to open the Word of God. We need to, we need to pray because um, this is God's, these are God's words. And He said them years ago, and He means them the same as years ago as He does today. And so we need to know what those mean. And so you just, just pray with me, please. Father, uh, you're, in a, you're God. <laughs> and we get, to, we get to hear you, and we've been singing about you, and we've been rejoicing with you, and you've been speaking to us all week, and you get to speak to us again next week, and Lord, you're here. In fact, that, that's incredibly humbling, 
you who created us, you who um, created our lives, gave us breath, um, walked with those before us, will walk with those after us. You who give us even something like joy. We don't have joy without you. You're here. And, and we say thank you. Father, we love you. Um, Jesus Christ, we love you and want to honor you. Holy Spirit, we love you too and, and, and lead us. Open our hearts. Uh, Lord, there are people here, we are here with maybe hard hearts today. Maybe, maybe our hearts here are broken and, and, and we're hurting. And Lord, maybe our hearts actually are full of joy and, and we need that joy to keep on going. Father, maybe we're here and this is the first time we hear, or hear about you. Father, wherever our background, whatever our language, whatever our age, you know exactly where we're at and what we need and we need you. And so please take us from where we're at to one more step with you. Show us how great you are, how, how, how life-giving you are. And we ask that, Lord, as you challenge us in your word to encourage us so we can have hope. And we ask that in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who gives life where there is no life. Amen. Uh, please keep your Bibles open. I'm actually going to read, I, we're going to stay with that. I'm going to read from a little di different version as we go through, but I'm going to balance back and forth. I often read through the New Living Translation, so forgive me if that's not a translation you like, but sometimes I find some of the words help us out. But I also love the NIV and a number of other translations, so we go back and forth. So if I say a word or two that might be a little bit different than what you have, I ask for your forgiveness, but we'll, we'll work it through, work it through. Um, uh, it's interesting as you've been going through the book of Malachi and actually Pastor West said, Todd, what do you want to do? Just, just tell me. And um, I said, okay, well, let, let's finish this book. It's kind of, it's, it's interesting what this is about. It's the last book of the Old Testament, at least in the way uh, it's, it, we have put together as the Bible. These are the last words. So I wonder what he's got to say. Uh, are you familiar with the term last call? Now, um, if you maybe are familiar in the pub setting, I know somebody like, what, who, wait? Pub setting, last call is like last time for drinks. Closing shop, time to go. If maybe you're familiar in a sports setting, it means it's the, like the last play of the game, the last call. And if you watched NFL recently, that was quite an exciting last few plays. And who won? Maybe you've been on a train and you hear the term all aboard, that's a last call. You know what last call... Get on, it's time to go. <laughs> last calls, all sorts. We've actually heard a few last calls this morning. And, and we're praying for you guys as you, as you go off. And, and that's not an easy thing to do, right? As Teresa and, and, and uh, Jay, as you guys uh, travel off, we're closing shop, I heard, for a prayer for. These are last calls, they're last things. So, so what do you do with last things? I don't know how many of you make dinner for other people. I have three children. Um, what are they? I think today they're 19, 17, and 15. And uh, they should be. And um, I, I, know, I know last call, like for dinner, how many times do you have to call the rest of the family for dinner before they come? You know, it, it, you might be on the third time because they're busy or doing other things, or maybe people are calling you. And, and the last one, you're kind of frustrated because no one's come up. It's like the last call, like get here now. <laughs> I've done, what's the last call? We have here this passage and it's a last call. And, and, and God's going to challenge us. How do you respond to last calls? Last calls aren't always easy, are they? Last calls could be retirement. What are you going to do? Last calls could be funerals, memorials. What's the last thing you're going to say? 
Last calls could be goodbyes when you say goodbye. And, and, it, and, and I think goodbyes were never meant to be. It's a see you later for me. Because God will bring you around. And whether it's here on earth or in heaven, it's a see you later. What do you say? You know, I think they're the hardest. I, I, I was at a church last Sunday called Eastside, and it's on the east side of Abbotsford. And it was their last church service. They were closing their doors. For various reasons, they could not continue on going. And, and I, I went to it, and it was about 60 people, and I'm like, what are they going to say? What, what do you do at a church? You, you know, you've spent time together. I think they, they, they were planted in 2002. So 14 years together. What do you say for the 10 people who had been there for 14 years? <laughs> they have saw three pastors come and go. What do you say to all the people who, who had memories in that church, who their kids grew up in that church? This is all they know. But it's the last call. What do you say for people whose lives have been changed in that church? I mean, you can look around here. I, I imagine your lives in here. If, if we had to close, if, if, if the Lord brought things to an end and we closed the doors here, I'm not saying that. It's not going to happen. We're praying it doesn't. Those kinds of things. But what would go through your mind? Some of you have left cult cultures and countries. What goes through your mind when you go? Maybe never coming back. This was the end for this church family as a family together. They had gone through a lot. They had a lot of joys. They had a lot of stories. They had a lot of tears. They had a lot of happiness. They ate a lot of food. <laughs> what do you say? Sad, isn't it? It's sad. Sure it is. How do you deal with that? You've been working through the book of Malachi. You've listened to God challenge people 2,500 years ago with the last call. And he's challenging us today with the same words that he did 2,500 years ago. And 2,500 years ago, as you've gone through the book, you've noticed that there's been a, a spirit that God wanted to challenge of complacency within this church. Not necessarily this church, but maybe this church, as it did with all of our churches. But with the, 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 it, for the Israelite community at that time, and, and a spirit of indifference, <clears throat> That had developed. It was interesting. You may or may not know this, but, but Nehemiah, if you read the book of Nehemiah, it coincides Malachi. Nehemiah and Malachi were actually, they, they, were, they kind of worked together. They were at the same time. And if you understand the, the story of Nehemiah, they came and he built the wall for Israel. And they celebrated. And so, so things, as you read through Nehemiah, actually became um, a little easier for them. They got a little more relaxed. And you can probably have a little empathy for what's going on here, right? You know how God takes you through a trial and then all of a sudden you relax. And this is where Malachi finds his people. And this is where Nehemiah found his people. And so God said, I got something for you. Don't ever forget. And that's what you've been going through. Chapter 1, he says the first thing, verse 2, I love you and I will always love you, right? If you were here a few weeks ago or when, when you guys went through chapter one, that's what he's saying. I will always love you. Don't ever forget that. And then he goes in and goes into chapter two and he starts rebuking the leaders and those who know better. You know, he says, you're irreverent. He says, you've been disobedient. You've lacked devotion to your calling. Your integrity has gone down. You've lost a sense of what it means to be God's people. And he said, you've gotten soft. You've gotten comfortable. And then you went into chapter 3 of Malachi and he talked about actually the people now, the congregation, the, the, the church, if we want to call it today. And he says, you know what? You, you've made choices and, and, and you haven't needed me as much. You've walked away from me. 
You've begun to entertain other cultures other than the one I've given you. You've lost your way. You've begun to twist God's word, my word. So then we come to chapter 4. We come to the last call. It's the last chapter. What's God going to say? What does he not want us to forget? What did the Israelites not want to forget? What does he say? We read it for you. And simply it's this. Oh, look at that. It's right. It's hope. We, we can scroll right through the passage. That's okay. Thank you. It, it's, it's hope. He wants to leave us with hope. What is it that we need? What did the church at Eastside, what did they need to have in order to go on Monday? Today, this Sunday is actually their first Sunday without meeting together as a church family for 14 years. What's it like after for you, for us? What does this last call of hope actually look like? And so let's just look at what God's word says. It says this, verse 1 to 3. It says, God provides a future. You know that God provides future? I think when the last call comes in, how, how many of us kind of just see the last call? We're like, oh man, that, like, that's all we see. We don't actually see what's beyond. <laughs> this, is, this is the end. How do we get by the end? You know, these are our finances. We need more finances. How are we going to provide for this month? I have no idea. God says, well, wait a minute. There's more to the story. <laughs> have you seen your more to the story yet? You guys have been through some interesting times over the last little while in leadership and as a church and different things. Have you, have you realized that there's more to the story? God deals with life's challenges. If you read, I'll just read verse 1 to 3. It says this, The Lord of heaven's armies says, The day of judgment is coming, burning like a furnace. On that day, the arrogant and the wicked will be burned up like straw. They will be consumed, roots, branches, and all. But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings, and you'll go free, leaping like joy, like calves led out to pasture. On that day when I act, you will tread upon the wicked as if they were dust under your feet, says the Lord of heaven's armies. He uses the word almighty or heaven's armies. I love that to describe the Lord. And if you notice, he uses it in the beginning in verse 1, and he uses it at the end of verse 3. And so you need to hold those fast as you read what's in the middle. He says, you know why you have hope? Because you have God Almighty. In other words, he is the mightiest. He is almighty. There is nobody greater. Everyone is less. And he says, this is what I'm going to do for you because I can do it. I, I like the way that the, 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 the NLT sometimes has, he says, it's the Lord of heaven's armies. Everything is at his disposal so he can do what he needs to do. And this is what he says. This is what he's going to do. He says, God deals with life's challenges. Did you know that? It's interesting, he talks about judgment and judgment for the arrogant. And so those who are presumptuous and proud, those who think they're the standard. Do you know anybody like that? Have you faced anybody like that? Those who, who, can, who can control everything or they think they can control everything. Um, we have somebody elected down below in the U.S. right now who may be like that for you. I don't know. <laughs> we pray for, pray for Trump. Pray for the nation. But God says, I deal with those arrogant people. I deal with the wicked, those who are wrong, those who, who, um, who are at fault. He says, I'll deal with them. I'll hold them accountable because I have the future in hand. Please know that. God provides. He will 
take care. We may not see winds right now, but God will take care of those winds. We may be dealing with the hardest thing imaginable. God will take care of that. He says, look beyond. I deal with the future. He says, this is what hope is. There is a day where God is coming and God will act. There will be a day where things will change. God takes care of that day because God provides future. Just look at the past to see how he provided. I think it also reminds the church, though, not only that he will take care of these challenges, but he actually reminds the church that we actually need to be intentional about reaching those around us. There is a future, but that future ends up with those who don't know Christ. They end up in a place called hell. He says they'll be burned up. There's no second chance there once this time has come and gone, and we're not going to go into all that this morning, but, but for me, it reminds me that we have a work to do. We must be intentional about reaching those around us. Second Peter, I won't, look at, I won't read it for you, but Second Peter chapter 3, verse 11 and following, it, it says that very thing, that God actually holds things back so people will come to know and to know his love and to accept his love. We must make the best use of each moment of our day. Do we have family and friends and neighbors and co- co-workers who will meet that end? Go to them. Give them the opportunity for hope that we're talking about. Does the future bring us hope? Are you busy living in the here and now? Do you forget there's hope? Do you forget there's a bigger picture? Do we only see what's in front of us? He's also almighty, it says here, because he heals. I love this picture. I love some of the Old Testament imagery. And just for a moment, if you look, look what he, how he describes it. You know, how many of us struggle with future because we're too busy in our hurt. I'm betting that each one of us somewhere along the way here has been hurt somewhere by someone or something. And God says he can heal. That's what he tells us here in verse 2. He'll heal those who fear his name. And fear means actually to be in awe. Did you know that? There's an afraid to it, but there's an awe. So, so what he, God says here, when we're in awe of him, we find healing. So either we're in awe of God or we're in awe of something else. That, that's it. It's either one or the other. If, you're, if, if you recall uh, the story of Daniel, or not uh, Daniel, but his, his three buddies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they were called before the king, and they were supposed to bow down and, uh, in, in front of this huge image. It, it's interesting. Um, this word is used there. And the king says, be in awe of me. (laughs) And this huge image, be in awe, because I'll end your life right here, right now. And what they said, you know what? No, we're in awe of God. And if you know that story, they walked through the fire. (laughs) And, And then everyone was in awe of God after that. Who are you in awe of? God says, if you're in awe of him, the Almighty, then you'll find healing. Maybe this morning we come and and. And we're in awe of a situation or of people or of something else. And it's driving us nuts. <laughs> we haven't found peace. We haven't found joy. That's because God says, okay, get over to me. Look through your situation through me. Remember, I'm the Almighty. Let me take care of you. Let me take care of you. I love the healing analogy here, he says. You know, he, he uses the word healing, which means be cured, de- delivered. 
And he has these pictures. He has a picture of, of this. It's kind of like a bird. It's, it's healing in his wings. It has the idea of the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. Do you ever see a bird when it opens up its wingspan to fly? It's, it's like two or three or four times the size of the bird. It, it's amazing. Not every bird. But what he's saying, I, as I read this, I'm like, I, I see this picture of you have this huge wingspan and healing for all those who really want it. But he doesn't stop that. He, he says, you're like a young calf to pasture. I don't know if you, any of you have seen a, a calf skip, a, a, a brand new calf, or, or one that's maybe a, year, a yearling, just a year or two old, who's been cramped up in its little quarters, and all of a sudden the, the doors open up. And, and maybe this is you this morning in here. Maybe you just can't wait to get outside because you're claustrophobic and, and, and you just need to get outside. You like that. And, and, and the doors are open, and the calf just shoots off it and sk- actually skips and eats and eats its fill and, and, and eats as much as it can. That's what it's like when you're healed, it says here. That's what it's like when you let God lead you, when you're in awe of God. It's almost like you could see a cow smile. Next time you just go, go look. I don't know if they do, but I, th- I think they might. It's like waiting for the new thing. You know, what's something you can't hardly wait for? Think about it for a minute. Maybe you don't have to think about it very much. Maybe you're waiting for, for food. What do we got? 20 after 11, quarter after 11. Maybe you're starving. You haven't eaten breakfast this morning. And you can't wait for that food. Maybe, it's, maybe you can't wait for a family visit. Maybe you know somebody who's expecting a baby or you remember what it was like to expect a baby. And you just couldn't wait to have it. Maybe it's, it's, it's a, new, a new book for you. Or maybe you're a video gamer and it's a new, the next new video game. It's their next TV show or, or whatever it is. It's the paycheck. Eight hours of work, Right? And you can't wait for it. That's what he's talking about here. That's what it's like to be healed. That's what this calf is, is jumping all about. Maybe it's for a holiday. He says, that's what healing is like when you make God your awe. But he also says, as you actually get victory over the wicked, in verse 3, right? When God acts, he will tread. He will press down. He will crush. He will squeeze like, like juice comes out of like a grape. That's, that's the image here. He actually squeezes it. And so it'll come out. He says he'll, he'll, he'll take care of the, the wicked, those things that oppose you, those things that weigh you down, those things that push you aside, the thing, those things that take you away from him. He will take care of them. But you've got to be in awe. Anyways, we better, I could go on that forever, so we, we'll keep going. So are you ready for a future? Are you ready to experience healing? God is waiting to provide hope. God also provides a plan. Verse 4 says this, Remember to obey the law of Moses, my servant, all the decrees and regulations that I gave him on Mount Sinai for Israel. How many of here, how many of you like plans? Like, like you actually will sit down and you like to, you know, let's ask the opposite. How many of here li- don't like to plan stuff? You're just kind of, let's go, you know, we can go out here. We'll just go for a walk. It doesn't matter where we go. Yeah, you know, if, yeah, that's, that's me. That's me. I'll admit that. My wife is a planner. It drives her nuts how I operate. But it is good to have a plan because we do need to know where we're going. Now, I'm not making a one is right or they're wrong, okay? That's not what I'm saying here because it's also nice to relax and just go with the flow sometimes. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> um, but here God says, I- I've-, I've provided a plan. 
It's interesting, he uses the word remember. He says, you know, call to mind, bring back, make a memorial actually is what it means. Like actually in the Old Testament they've had, uh, you might have read where they built stones up, piled stones. It's it's so they remember. Do you in your home have things that that cause you to remember what God has done and when he's been, and you've been awe of him? Do you remember those times? We give out certificates for baptism. We, I mean, we do a number of things which cause us to remember. God says, go back to that right now and remember. Be mindful of what? It says here, of the plan. It says, remember to obey. You know, this is hope. Sometimes the plan, not sometimes, the plan will bring us hope. Sometimes it's just about obedience. God provides a plan, we obey. It honestly is, it's that simple. Not that easy, but that simple. Sometimes we're not called to know why, we're just called to obey. Sometimes it's not about how we feel about what God says, we're just called to simply obey. Don't forget the Lord's words, his instructions, his truths. That's what he says here, regulations he uses the word. In other words, his prescribed tasks, his teachings, his statutes. Don't forget those. Don't forget his decrees. In other words, don't forget his judgments, his decisions, his justice. Remember those. Go and read those. And then simply obey. He talks about Moses, you know, the Ten Commandments. Sometimes it's just about doing. If we're struggling to know how to obey, we can look around us, can't we? we can, I love that he brought Moses up here. Um, look around. Are there people that you watch that simply obey? We need them. That's why he references Moses, and he uses the word, my servant. It's my servant. It's, it's the one that I say, ah, kudos, you're doing it right, Moses. Do you remember who first led you to Christ? Do you remember who walked alongside you in the hard times? Do you remember who prayed for you or praised for you? That's the Moseses. We need those. Those are people who followed the plan. They, they, they obeyed. And God's called us to obey. You want hope? Follow the plan. Check out the plan. Walk alongside those who, go, who are going with the plan. Trust the plan. Whose lives is God calling us to lead in? Who is God bringing us to? Who is God saying, you, you understand the plan, walk alongside somebody? All right, we'll keep on going. It's time to obey. It's time to step up. Third thing here, hope. God provides leaders. God provides, and I'm not just talking about pastor or, or deacons. God provide, provides people who are willing to lead the way and be in awe of him and show everyone else around that they're in awe and what that's like. I loved it. It says here, you know, he goes, you know what, even if you don't get this, verse 5, I better read it. Look, I'm sending you the prophet Elijah before you. <laughs> I, I love this. It's the last conversation. Now you know where Elijah fits into this too. It's the last conversation that, that uh, Malachi is going to have. And God says, you know, I'm not going to forget about you. I'm going to send you another guy, and his name's Elijah. How many times has God sent people into our lives to, to, to help us walk alongside now, Elijah was a prophet, he, and a prophet simply was one who told people and reminded them about God's truths. And, and what I see here is God will always provide. You want hope? God's got you. 
and he's providing. God will always give. God initiates. God does not leave his children stranded. He sends them a prophet. He sends them people. God sends someone who understands um, God and helps us understand. God provide, has provided leaders for this church. And, we, and, and God, yeah, it's been amazing. It's been wonderful. It will continue to be. God provides experiences for his truths to, come, to come, become real. I guess maybe the question is, do we listen to the truths? <laughs> that have been provided. Do you know what happens when we listen and obey truths? This is what it says. Verse 6. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Hmm. You know what God does when you, when, you, when you listen to His truths, when you see Him in awe, when you follow through, when you obey the plan? He provides miracles. At least we call them miracles. There is every day. So, so what have you been praying for? What are you hoping for? What are you looking for? It's interesting. It says it actually turned the hearts of the father to the children. To turn means to return, to turn back, to come back, to repent, to restore, to refresh, to repair. Is there any relationships that you wish you still had? Maybe you're in the parent child relationship that's here or maybe you have a child that and and maybe you're separate and maybe if you love that child or you love your parent there's nothing more that you want probably than to to have that relationship restored right or a good friend god says this is what i do this is what i do i will provide miracles I will turn the heart, the inner being, the, the, the soul, the, your inclination, the, con, the conscience. God plus truths plus those who share them equal healed relationships. That's hope. Um, we have a church plant in uh, uh, Vancouver here at the end of Boundary. It's called the River District, if you're familiar with the River District. It's a partnership between three fellowship churches and they came together to give money, to give people, to give finances to make this happen. started about two years ago. It's called Wild Goose. Go figure on the name. Uh, I gave the huh look when I first heard it too. But um, Wild Goose has, has been going for two years now, and it's led by a pastor named David McBain. And, and it's been a bit of a struggle. They don't have a facility to meet in. It's a brand new community area. If you've been to the River District at the end of Boundary uh, and the river, it's, it's all it is is high-rises of buildings and, and a few homes, and that's all it is, really. There's, there's one restaurant, and we can't actually even meet in the restaurant because God hasn't opened up the door for us for a big enough place to meet. There's about 25 people that meet there. But it's been a struggle. But you know that. It's Vancouver. It's not easy, is it? So I applaud you. I applaud you. I applaud this church. I applaud what God is doing through you. Because it's not easy. So we were meeting last week, and, and David said, "You know, I'm just getting, I'm getting tired." As he's leading the group, and uh, so he said, "You know, what should we do? Should we should go and try different areas. We should be creative. I, I know God's got it covered, but but I don't know quite what to do." And and um, this was uh, uh, in back in the summer. And so he, as we were having those meetings, as we were praying. God seemed to lay on his heart, you know what? I'm going to go and reach out. I'm going to do ESL, just like this church is doing. And you guys are farther along than, than Pastor David is. So they started it. And they started it, and they had some Chinese and Korean girls start coming. 
I just got a text yesterday from David saying, Todd, our first Korean ESL student came to Christ. Hmm. Who's great? Isn't it? I don't think there's anything more exciting um, than to watch someone come and accept Jesus because you you know, one, um, they get to see how, how be in awe of God, right? So their ending changes. But they're the most on fire people that I know are the ones that come right away and accept Jesus, aren't they? The ones of us who are complacent are the ones who have accepted Jesus a while ago and it's not burning quite as it, as it used to be. She has a new life. God provides. He's followed the truth. He obeyed simply. He looked for different areas and different ways to meet and and, and walk, but he still shared the gospel, and we have one result, and we're going to have more. All right, Dunbar. What are we aiming for with ESL? What are we aiming for with our community? It's the last call. I want to thank you for those of you who are stepping in those positions to reach out. You will see. God will show forward to it. Last thing here, I better stop, but it says God provides a warning. Warnings are interesting, aren't they? If you read verse, the rest of verse 6, it simply says this, his preaching will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. You know that God gives everyone an opportunity to find freedom and avoid judgment. You know what this simply says? God provides chances. God provides a second chance. (laughs) And maybe a third chance, and a fourth chance, and a fifth chance. Now we know those chances will end one day. But for right now, God provides a second chance. Who doesn't like second chances? I had a gal in our small group this past week. She said, Todd, I fell asleep at the wheel driving to work. I woke up and there was a a big uh, dump truck coming my way. I was on the other side of the highway or the side of the street. And I just woke up in time to swerve over. I've gotten a second chance. What do we do with second chances? You ever wonder what warning labels are about? Almost everything has a warning label. Do you know why they're on there? (laughs) I think maybe the question even deeper is, do you know how they got on there? Warning labels are, I started to look some up. I don't put any on the screen for you, but... uh, So this is a label from a small American company that sells their product in France. This is recent, just a clothing company. And it actually says this, wash with warm water. This is from the U.S., a company. Wash with warm water, use mild soap, dry flat, do not use bleach, do not dry in the dryer. Okay, we get these. Do not iron. And then it says this, we are very sorry that our president is an idiot. We did not vote for him. Uh, again, I'm not making light of the... Pre- I, warning labels. Warning labels are interesting. Here, here's another one. And this is... Um, are, are You know those scooters? You know what a scooter is? Like a, not, not a motorized scooter, but just one you stand on with wheels. It says this on the bottom. It says, this product moves when used. <laughs> hmm. You can look at a lot of these. There's, here, here's one. It's, it's for a, on a, a bottle of dog pills. I don't know if you have pets here. I have a pet. This says, this, it says this on the bottom of the dog pill bottle. Use care when operating a car. I, you know, there, 
There's a danger one. It, it is a do not hold the wrong end of the chainsaw, and it's a hand on the end of a chainsaw. I, you know what? There's a whole bunch of these, and, and, and we chuckle and we bring them to light, but, but God says, I give warnings. Why do we give these warnings? Because someone has done that. <laughs> and we don't want them to ever do it again, right? So God comes along. You want to have hope? Our God gives us warnings. That's a good thing. That's a hopeful. You know what? It may be a painful thing. Absolutely it will be. Because we might even be here in the consequences of those warnings right now. <laughs> but ultimately, it's not the worst thing. Warning labels. Hope comes in the form of warnings and second chances. So where are you in that? <laughs> Do you love a God who gives second chances? Do you thank him for second chances? Let me say this. Let me be very clear on this because God is, life is not based on second chances because you have the plan. You can have the first chance. That's hope. But sometimes he gives you second chances. That's hope. God warns Israel and he warns us. And this has been the whole book of Malachi, hasn't it? He says, I love you. I love you. So do this, do this. Worship me as I ought to. Go and figure it out. Give me your money. Repent. Give reverence. Be faithful because I'm all those things to you. It's the last call. So the question you go out from here is, do you have hope? It's the last call. Do you have hope? What is your hope? Do you see your hope? So last Sunday at Eastside, as we're sitting and as I'm watching um, with the 60 people, what they decided to do was, they actually talked about Nehemiah for five minutes and said, you know what, they celebrated the finish of the wall. They had done their duty, you go on. That's what God had called them to. And the pastor, Brian, he stood up and said, God has called us to move on now. We have done what we've called, been called to do. And he said this. He says, kids, what we're going to do to end well for our last call. Anybody that wants to get up, stand and share. You stand and share what God has done in your life. And I sat there, honestly, for the next 65 minutes. People kept, like, we must have had at least 20 people got up and they just shared. You know what? God gave me this opportunity. I've never had an opportunity to lead. And this church, with God in this church, I had that opportunity to lead. Three or four people said that. He had another person that stood up and shared their story. You know what? I was going through this. I, I, he, he shared this story. He said, we, we were at the end of our finances. We needed $300. We would have lost our place. We would have, we, we, at the end of the month, that day, somebody in the church showed up, rang my doorbell 10 years ago, gave me a check for $300, said, I don't know why. God just called me to do this. I got to come do it. And he relayed that story. He had a kid who said, I, I've grown up in this church. This is all I know. And now he's serving in youth ministry in that church because someone has led him along the way. And these are stories after story after story. And I sat there and I started crying because this is hope. So when, when, when this wonderful couple comes up and, and I noticed your tears on, the, on, on reading, you know, it's great. You guys have stories with each other. That's hope. Don't forget, God says, remember. But remember who brings the stories. And so after an hour and a half, we actually celebrated the closing of a church. And I thought that would never be possible. Because I bet some of us here have left churches or gone from churches or closed churches. And it's been a bad experience. We've left because it's been a bad experience. And God says, you know what? I got gotcha. you. I'll give you hope. 
and it'll be the greatest experience you ever have. But you gotta follow me. You gotta be in awe of me and treat me as, as God. You gotta let me walk with you. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, you're a great God. You're beautiful. Lord, even in closing, even in finishing, even in, in the hardest things that we think it, it are bad and, and bad taste to our mouth and, and, and goodbyes, Lord, you can still bring out the greatness in it. You can actually bring a sense of joy. You, you gave us tears not just to, to, to mourn the loss, but you've given us tears to, to, uh, to have joy. Father, thank you that you have taken care of the future. Thank you that we can look back and, and realize that you actually have taken care of the past too. <laughs> thank you that you love us no matter what. Thank you, Jesus, that you came to die on the cross, which we get to celebrate now. That proves that. Thank you that we get to be with you and can be with you forever. And Lord, when we get down and we, we don't treat you as we ought to and, and, and we don't obey and, and we don't see you as, as Lord Almighty, Lord, get, be so big in our lives. Bring, our, bring your thoughts to our thoughts. Bring people alongside. And as we looked at this morning, Lord, that's what you do. So Father, we love you. You're amazing. We owe everything to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And thank you and pray for this church as they move forward. And we look forward to the stories, Lord, of you at work in these lives and in the lives of this community and people coming to Christ and growing in you. In Jesus' name, amen.